This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 23. This week, we're talking to our featured artist for July, the Vintage Sisters. This will be in two parts. We'll learn about how they work as a partnership as sisters and discuss their favorite pieces. And then next week, we're going to discuss repurposing. We're also featuring our July Retailer of the Month, Mud Paint. We'll hear a refinishing tip from Caroline with Living on Saltwater, and we'll check in with Gina with Bayberry Moon, Nadelle with Noodling Round, and Kelsey with Renewed Rose Designs to find out what they're working on in their studios this week. Make sure you always listen to the end as we have important announcements and contests. Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. We have a first for our monthly featured artists. We have chosen two people, and they are sisters, the Vintage Sisters. They have been on our podcast many times. They've won multiple awards, including Best Staging two years in a row in the Zebra Golden Brush Awards, and also took the Best Farmhouse Style for 2020. I also want to note that they are two of our judges on our new podcast segment, The Furniture Council. We are happy to welcome Jen and Amanda back to the podcast, but this time as our July featured artist. Hello, Jen and Amanda. Hello, Lane. Thank you so much for having us. This Hi. is an honor, and we are so thankful that you chose us this month. Well, it's a joy to highlight you both, and I always look forward to having you guys on. We always have a lot of fun, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All right. I tell you what, remind our listeners where you guys live in Canada. We are up in um, Saskatchewan. So it's in the middle of the provinces or in the middle of the country. More Western. Yeah. Like more Western Canada. Prairies. Yes. Prairie province of Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. The prairies for sure. Now, are you guys, uh, are you from that area or did you move there? We're both from here. Like we grew up in a small town and um, Samanda lives in the city of Regina and I live just about, hmm, it'll be like 70 miles out on an acreage just north of Regina. So really, we yeah. we didn't move too far from our original small town. <laughs> we're, both, we're both within the hour of our yeah original, or like you know where we grew up. So did I catch that? So you guys are seventy miles apart from each other. Mm, I, I think that's. I don't know. Jen would same. seventy miles. Um, sorry, no, it's kilometers. I was trying to. Think. I, was oh, like, I, was trying, I was trying to do that for you guys, and then I'm like, no, it's, I think it's seventy kilometers. So whatever that yeah, is, no. in miles. We, we have to do the like, translation thing. Don't say, worry. That, that sounds a lot worse no. than it is. Uh. <laughs> so I would say, like, what thirty? It's about forty minutes from door to door. I don't okay. know. I don't feel like it takes that long when I drive. But yeah. maybe. Somebody drives really fast. <laughs> <laughs> what does it take you, like 20 minutes, and the normal time is like uh, 40 minutes? <laughs> yeah. It might take a little bit more than 20, but I guess it depends <laughs> if we stop for ice cream. Jen has a really good snack shack by her farm. Anna, what is up with you guys? You guys got all the nice, <laughs> sweet treats up there. <laughs> they have the best soft ice cream for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's always the stop when I'm out there. Yeah, well, that certainly sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think I've ever asked you guys this on the podcast, but uh, do you guys have other siblings or is it just the two of you? Oh, yes, we do. There, We have two brothers. So there are four of us and we're all within five years. So we grew up very close in age and yeah. We're the middle kids. Though. Yeah, I guess. Yep. The yeah. yeah, we're the two middle kids. Okay. So you got an older brother and a younger and brother. And a younger brother. 
Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were you were sandwiched. Now, what was that like growing up? Uh, well, in our, <laughs> actually, in our younger years, we weren't really close. Like, yeah, well, I guess because like growing up, you just I don't know, you irritate each other more than yeah. than anything, and you have different friends. So yeah, to be honest, in our younger years. Jen didn't like me to hang out with her. I was the annoying <laughs> younger on, sister, Jen. and she will admit it. Like it's legit, oh, yeah. and uh, then it just yeah, like any like any uh, siblings uh, relationship, it just uh, grew as we aged and matured, and now. We are, I don't think, we don't go a day without talking yeah. or seeing each other. Yeah, and we're close with the boys, too. Oh, yeah, and we're close with our brothers, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. all four of us are close. <clears throat> yeah. Now, they, do they stay in touch with what you guys are doing on furniture refinishing, or do you do some refinishing for them? We, I'm trying to think, our older brother we have. Actually, yes, we both, their daughters, we refinished desks for them. For their mm-hmm. bedrooms in this last year, and they have a piece in their living room, a little uh, petite sideboard. Yeah. And then our younger brother doesn't live here. He lives in a bigger city, and he lives in Calgary, mm. um, the next province over. So I don't think... We just did the table trough. Yeah, we just did the table that. trough, but I don't think we've done a large oh, piece of furniture they for them. They wanted us to build a Lego table for them, but we've um, not done that. But they're both really talented as, like... They are on the tools too. Like they have mm-hmm. um, their own shops, so they like to do their woodworking. And they, yeah, our oldest brother has a carpentry construction background, mm-hmm. and so then they both, yeah, they both have their own little shops and and get enjoyment out of doing that sort of thing as well. So it's kind of all of us. Well, you guys got a heavy dose of talent, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Something we all enjoy, obviously. Yeah. So there, so there wasn't one of you that was like didn't get any creative skills with your hands, that just sits there and thinks, "Oh, I wish I had that." No. Yeah, I guess all four of us do. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So living up there in the prairie, um, are you? Are there other refinishers in your area that you guys have connected with, or do you feel like you're loners up there? No, there is. I would say I'm just thinking about our city specifically. There are well, at least a handful of people. That yeah, work. and then in the other bigger cities, you know, close by, there's quite a few. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I would say there is quite a few. Not all of us. But I think there's a lot of different styles too, though, right? Like there's some people that just deal specifically with more MCM style furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really lucky that we actually like right where we are that we all have our own kind of niche. Like none of the people that, um, are in our province are really doing the exact same. No. I would say like everybody has their own little bit of a. I think it's a very style. Distinct style. Mm, Everybody has. Um, so there's definitely room for, for all of us. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you find that the other folks that uh, that are in the business are they as on are they as prevalent on Instagram social media as you guys are? There's a few that I would Some say like have you know quite a few followers even too with doing the YouTube stuff and yeah I think too that's what we're finding is a lot of people are are branching out into YouTube yeah and so then their presence is 
greater because of that. Um, it's not something that Jen and I have got the confidence to do yet. <laughs> but I would, I'd say we're in the middle of the pack, maybe, as far as social media presence or maybe in the top half of the pack. But there's definitely larger ones than us, yeah. for sure. And yeah. I think it is due to a lot of the YouTube uh, following. Yeah, it seems like our following, like, it has crept up slowly. Like, yes. I would say, like, it's just, it's not at a really... It's been hard for us, I find, and I don't know if that's because of the area that we're in, but I mean, we try not to concentrate too much on the followers, et cetera, because I feel like, you know, if you have your loyal um, followers, that's all that matters, but um, yeah, it's harder to grow, I find, in, and so yeah, I don't know what it is, if we're just doing something wrong in the social media world, or if we're just, if it's just our area, yeah, I suppose it's just based on what your long-term business goals are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're selling, if you're, you know, selling furniture, refinishing furniture and selling it, and you're satisfied with what you're able to produce and the level of money you're able to make, then, you know, going into the YouTube business may not be something that uh, at least you want to do right now. I think it's interesting yes, how so exactly. many people have gone into YouTube Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's money to be made in YouTube. Yes. And yes. so that takes away, you know, we just had the conversation with uh, Katja and Carlos who are mm-hmm. very successful in the YouTube world. And it, what happens is you lose your productivity uh, as far as just buying, refinishing and selling. Mm-hmm. However, you make up for that pretty dramatically, but it takes time yes. for that to happen. Yes. So. Yeah, I did listen to theirs, and I found it really interesting, too. And he has a cool background of um, experience in that area, too, so that helps. But, yeah, it's like either you – I feel like for me, I just – I like the work so much more than, like, the Mm -hmm. online presence. Well, and that's – So I feel like – like the video part of it, I think is comical because years ago we had a friend visiting and he's like, you guys should just tape yourselves working and bickering in your shop, making something because it is fun to watch. And so I was like, you know, someday maybe that would be fun to do some of our projects and tape it um, as tutorials, but mom- like also I, for in a teaching yeah. way. I think the social media aspect is, you know, it can also be very time consuming too. So then... I know sometimes I think, okay, we need to up our game and be more active, but it's also very time consuming. So then you, for productivity, I'd rather just be working, you know, Mm -hmm. Jen's the same way. I'd rather just be working (laughs) and actually, you know, finishing your product and selling it than spending so much time. But I mean, obviously it's plays into both. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, the important things you want to do what you enjoy doing and you don't Mm -hmm. need to feel pressured, you know, Mm -hmm. where you feel like you have to go in a direction that you really don't want to go into. I mean, it's always worth exploring, but uh, so tell me about pricing. Are you guys able to get what you are asking for on most of your pieces or do you find yourself having to negotiate with, uh, with buyers? Oh, I'd say it really depends on the piece. For our custom work, it's never negotiable. Obviously, we set a price. Mm-hmm. The only time we really would maybe lower or take an offer is if there's something that's been sitting for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I f- we try to stay very strict with our pricing, wouldn't you say, Jen? Yeah, I think, yeah, there is, I feel like, 
Now that people have gotten on Marketplace, and then we also have, ours is called Virage Sale, which is kind of like a Craigslist like comparison, I guess, mm-hmm. to you guys. Um, so I feel like a lot of people are garage sailing and getting back into that haggling kind of that used to be around. But, I mean, if you're going into a store, you're not going to be doing that in a... Yeah. you know, any kind of boutique, mm-hmm. like, right. So then I just always feel like I'm not going to be haggling. And we, we actually don't do that much with our, um, when we're buying pieces from people too. It's sort of like, if it's, if it's close to the price that we're willing to pay, that's what we're going to pay for it. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's not meant to be, we're never going to lowball somebody for something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like us doing that, then we kind of expect that in return. And it's like, we put a value on our work too, that you're, you're proud of what you did. So it's like, it's worth a certain amount to you that sometimes you have to explain it when you've done the piece for somebody. And then they, they're like, Oh, how come this one's going to be more? And well, it's like, well, I paid twice what we did for that dresser than the dresser we did before for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's this much more work or whatever. Um, I don't think people really question. I think our prices are quite reasonable. And we've been told that by quite a few yeah. clients saying, your prices are very reasonable, I think, when they compare mm-hmm. to other painters in the area and just for quality, solid wood furniture to begin with, right? I mean, there's no way you're going to be able to go into a f- actual f- large furniture store and buy a piece of furniture for the price that we sell it for, right? So yeah. I think people who are serious about our work are aware of that. Well, I, mm-hmm. I find we don't get questioned very often. I feel like pre- people appreciate it and they seem to think our prices are reasonable. So, But the bottom line is you work hard to refinish a piece. Absolutely. There's a lot, of, there's a lot that goes into it. When it's all mm-hmm. said and done, you you know, you know attach your, your asking price to it mm-hmm. and you sell it, you get your money. Are you, bottom line is, are you satisfied with what's, you know, with the transaction? Yes. And, okay. mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, cool. of course, there's obviously this the odd piece that something comes up and you end up having to spend an extra few hours removing veneer or, right? <laughs> you know, the nightmare piece. That's going to happen, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, where you ended up spending a bit more time because something. That's where you need the videoing, right? Because then you can show people's like, okay, you don't think this is worth this much? Let me well, show you this video over and here. <laughs> see, and that's one thing that has been helpful for our Insta stories is showing the process when we do try to to show in-depth process of our pieces, especially when it's custom. The clients seem to really enjoy watching the progress and knowing that we're, you know, we're actually working on it and, and things are happening. And then also, yes, I think it is very eye opening and very informative for them to realize what actually goes into these pieces what gets fixed and taken apart and reinstalled, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So um, that is something that I do try to continually do on our social media is show the process so that people can understand. Right. And obviously we get clients too that say, oh, I bought this piece and I tried refinishing it and realized how much work it is. And then yeah. they stop. So that's always good to hear. I mean, obviously yeah. you don't. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to hear, you know, people having troubles with their projects, but they, they understand it better, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, they just understand yeah. how much work goes into yeah. it. Yeah, and realize they don't want to do it and they'd rather pay. It's worth it to them to pay to have somebody do it professionally. 
So, so tell me how you guys work your business. So we've got one business, two people that are sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a basic partnership? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You split I, everything down the middle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It is. Pretty, <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, there's certain aspects of it that Jen enjoys more, so she'll do, and mm-hmm. I enjoy more, so I do. But I mean, really, it's. 50 50 there's sometimes like things that amanda won't want me to buy and so (laughs) then she's like i want nothing to do with yeah that's right so this is often the case so you're on your own (laughs) but i feel more inclined to make it awesome because i'm like you're gonna regret that you didn't yeah a little bit of sister competition yeah Yeah, there's gonna be awesome so there that is true i think the last piece was it uh it was this pit, like a smaller china cabinet with lots of glass and lots of thick white paint. I think was that the one oh, I said. One. Yeah. She brought it home and I was like, "Nope, I don't want anything to do with this," because <laughs> I just saw all the paint on it. I'm like, I don't want to strip all that paint. I don't want to paint around all that glass. So I guess there's the odd time that maybe we'll do our own individual project. Um, but no, for the most part, it's all 50, 50, but we don't work on all the pieces together though. If that's what you're meaning, mm-hmm. no, like a lot of times it's, um, because we're not together and, um, like right now I'm still on a medical leave from work, but my full-time job is a, an orthodontic dental assistant. So then, um, sometimes after work I'd come to Manda's and then we'd work on some projects and then I'd mm-hmm. go home and she'd come out to our place on the weekend and stuff. But um, it's just been slow getting back into, um, normal activity. I've just had some setbacks with physio. So my hand is, mm-hmm. is not back to normal yet. Um, but I'm hoping by the end of the year that it will be and and then I'll be able to be helping Amanda like physically with more of the yeah. projects. Mm-hmm. Well, we certainly hope the best for you on that. Didn't know yeah. that. Uh, so you, so do you both have uh, full-time jobs? I don't anymore. I'm at home. Uh, I have two kids. I used to work in the dental profession as well, actually. A dental assistant. I was an uh-huh. ortho assistant as well, and then a dental hygienist. And then I've been at home full-time for a few years now and really just thrown all my extra time into Vintage Sisters and I find it's a really good balance. I have two kids. My husband owns his own business, so that's we are always busy with that. My kids are very involved in sports, and so this is a good balance for me to be working at home, doing the furniture, and yeah. still being able to be mom. Mm. It gives you a lot of flexibility. It is. It it has, and it's been wonderful. It's mm. it's been really good for our family. So. We're going to play a quick little game here. I didn't warn you guys. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Are you guys okay with this? Absolutely, yeah. of course. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask some questions, and you both have to answer. It doesn't matter who answers first, but I want both of you to answer. I mean, if you answer technically at the same time, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll have fun with this. I'm just I'm curious to see your answers and if they're consistent with one another. So <laughs> okay. you guys ready? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, this is not going to be like the furniture few where you have to have a noisemaker. That, oh, that, okay. That's, a, that's hard work for me. We can maybe find something real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first question is this. Who is the most productive? Amanda. <laughs> 
Jen gets easily distracted. I just want to, actually, my husband just sent me a meme the other day, and it said, what did it say? Oh, yes, it was like, get get an idea. Tell everybody about it. Tell everybody about it. And then the next one was, um, this box in the very corner said something about, like, finish your project. And then it skipped over that one and went back to got another idea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, but Amanda, yeah, she keeps me in line because she's like, <laughs> yeah, I focus, focus, Jenny. I need your focus, focus here. Yeah, Jennifer gets easily distracted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Your next question. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is the most creative? Oh, well. I'm going to say me because... (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like both of us are very creative in different ways. Jenny, you you go first, Jenny. But, yeah, I think we are creative in different ways. I feel like, um, I guess mine is more out of the box, maybe, Mm -hmm. than, than like... Like, maybe I'm more creative on trying to, you know with the cut like trying to find a color or I'm more creative with the photography and the staging as we've discussed in the past Jennifer's very creative in saying oh here's this scrap of wood that really should get burned but I know I can make something out of it and she'll find something creative to make with that piece of wood so she's very creative in that aspect and then building it and having this final product so I think that was Maybe. a safe answer. You both are in different ways. Yeah, it, it is. In very mm-hmm. different ways, but both. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. your next question. Who loves furniture finishing the most? Mm. I think it might be a tie. Like, we we both really love it. I mean... Yeah, um, for sure, both of us. I mean, Jen has said lately that you do enjoy a lot of the building. Yes. More so. So when we are doing our other repurposing projects to sell... Um, she does a lot of the building the and then, and the and then like I that. maybe will then do the painting and finishing. But I think as a whole, I think we both enjoy it. We just enjoy different things. Actually, when Jen and I were talking earlier today, she, you know, she's really, really good at finding good quality. Well, I shouldn't say always good quality. Jen. <laughs> <laughs> but she's always really good at finding pieces and building our inventory. Mm. Um, whereas I'm, I'm a lot lazier on that front, 100%. And then she loves stripping furniture. I think she's the only person I know (laughs) that will enjoy this, but she does. She loves if there's thick paint or a thick varnish, she's got her stripper out right away and she was got to uncover this solid wood. So she loves to find treasure. Yeah, yep. So she is really good and really enjoys those aspects. I do not like stripping furniture. I I, I like the when we we when you have the thick paint on mm-hmm. there and you put the finisher on it and it starts to bubble. Yes, there is satisfaction in that, of course. But would I prefer not to do it? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of work. I mean it's hard. Yeah. Whereas I prefer to actually be doing the painting and the you know distressing and giving the Mm -hmm. character i feel like that's just so much like art creating artwork for me okay next question who is best at the financial side of the business Mm, 
we've like I think we're pretty even on that. Amanda's been tackling like she's we both actually are into the bill paying and stuff. Like mm-hmm. we have it pretty good. Jennifer's better at writing stuff down. She's really good at writing stuff down where where I just say to her, Yeah, yeah, I, I trust you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just so you're right. Sometimes I'm just I'll like, write it all down. She then... writes everything down, say our inventory and all the prices and what we've mm-hmm. paid and um do we owe each other this and that. She's I don't even I never write stuff down. I'm just like, nope, you do it. I trust you. Just tell me what the final number is kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she's, yeah, real, yeah. So, but then with our fusion stuff, well, no, I, I'd say it's still 50-50. Yeah, we're pretty good at both. Oh, so mm-hmm. you guys so far are balancing each other really well here. Yeah. <laughs> and even we learn from each other. So maybe I, you know, start something, but then mm-hmm. she learns from me and picks it up and vice versa right well, that's good you're teachable that's nice yeah there yes <laughs> <laughs> little exclamation mark after that one yeah we're teachable i like that so who is the best at getting a deal on furniture pieces to refinish mm, jenny probably I wouldn't say I'm a little more timid in like when we were saying about the haggling, but Amanda, oh, yeah. Amanda's firmer at like, I'll show her something and then she'll be like, <laughs> she'll say, no, no, I'm not doing it for that. Offer this much. And then, and then I'm like kind of nervous to do it. Um, yeah. But, but sometimes she's just trying to put me in line as in like, you, you don't need it unless you get it for this price kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes she's the voice of reason that way, I guess. Yeah, I am right? a voice of reason when it comes to... Well, that's very true. Or, yeah. is, or like, if say, say if we're put on the spot by somebody... She'll be the one... I won't say anything sh- when the person says, make me an offer. I want to say, no, you tell me your price because I don't want to offend somebody and say mm-hmm. less. But then Amanda will come up and she'll be like... This is all I can do. Yeah, this is a, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm more firm. It's like this is all. I'm, this is the price that I'm willing to pay. That's all I'm willing to pay. So yes, I am. I am more confident. I guess if you want to say um, in in when we're put on the spot to yeah. say no, because I just feel like I'm not going to overpay for something that I know it's it's not worth yes. right. And we always joke about and Jenny's. She's, um, what should I, how do, how should Look I say me in the eyes when you say <laughs> Jennifer is guilty for this. We always, we always talk about it as our parents where it's like, Jennifer, this piece is broken. You're literally paying this person $50 to load it into your truck and essentially take it to the dump in six weeks. Right. So, but I'm like, right. But I'm like, and I just, we'd always laugh at our, my dad or our dad for doing these crazy deals growing up that it's like, I can't believe you paid that person for that and it, you know, it's almost like you're doing the other person a favor for some reason because you think you should or you feel guilty or it's so bizarre so sometimes I have to say to her yes okay Jen this is just too much work it's 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 not gonna work and yeah. then when I point these things out to her she's like okay okay yeah sometimes she needs or it me, me want to buy it more yes she definitely <laughs> needs me to be her voice of reason otherwise mm-hmm. She would have a third C can for storage. Yeah. Right yeah. now there's two. Yeah. So that's out of it. I don't remember what your question was. Now. <laughs> I know we kind of rambled. That's okay. It was who, who's, who is the best at getting a deal on furniture? Okay. Pieces right, yeah, 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 so yeah. that's okay. Now listen, I have a few extra questions. Okay. So, and, and these, I want to hear 
uh, from both of you because I suspect, well, sometimes these answers can be the same, but nonetheless, okay. um, this is just to learn a little bit more about you guys. So mm-hmm. what is your favorite color? Okay, so I'll go first. Mine, I always gravitate toward gray. Mm. I'm more of a warm gray. I don't like grays with blue undertones, purple undertones, green. I don't know. It has to be very a nice, warm gray, mm-hmm. but lighter. I do love the color navy. So this is just in general you're talking, right? Or yep. mm-hmm. on furniture? Yep. In general, yep. Yeah, so my home is all is very warm. So I know that right now, and what has been for the last few years, white is very trendy. Everybody wants bright walls, bright, um, you know, light furniture, etc. I have never been somebody that leans towards trends. My house is very, it's light gray with a lot of wood. It's Mm. very warm and I have a lot, all my friends and neighbors describe it as rustic. It's Mm -hmm. warm and it's rustic and it's cozy. Mm. has to be cozy up in the cold, cold. uh, Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So I would say my go-to favorite color would be a gray or a blue. Gotcha. What about you, Jenny? Well, I think when I was looking at your question before about color, I was thinking, I mean, not white because yeah, for the obvious, I just, yeah, we live on a farm. So I just feel like it can never be clean. I've painted some really pretty stuff like in our house, white, and I'm hoping to kind of transition it in a bit more, but it just, it does not stay clean. Like I have cats and we're always outside and so I just feel like white is just not a practical thing to me even Mm. though I really like the look of it so I would like to say I would love white but I can't I love to hate it Um, (laughs) so my actual color that I'm really drawn to is greens and Mm. so I would say like the teals are my kind of go-to but um I just I'm more of a wood grain person honestly as far as color like I Mm -hmm. just if you went like a lot of people ask me about my favorite piece that I've done in my house or whatever and it's a lot of my stuff is actually just wood not Mm -hmm. not painted Mm -hmm. so okay so you guys ready for the next one yes okay what is your favorite car it doesn't have to be something you've owned it may be something you would like to own but what is your favorite car car like vehicle yes <laughs> i thought i'd throw you a curveball here yeah that's random okay um i'm not a sports car person i just am not i i drive a yukon big yukon and i love it i like a vehicle that's up high and we have horrible winters like you're talking you can't get out of your driveway because there's so much snow yeah you need four-wheel drive yeah um so even if i don't know i would say i like my big suv i i don't i think when i look like i love old i remember like an old vintage sports car is always cool but i don't know i'm not a i'm not a sporty car. car Well, let like, me say this. When I say car, that's a very general term. So I probably should say vehicle. What is your favorite yeah. vehicle? Because that can be an SUV. Yeah, certainly. no, then I would say I love my big SUV, my okay. big Yukon SUV. And I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. she can fit a good size buffet. That's right. <laughs> we that's can, the important thing. That, absolutely. Yeah. You put those back seats down and you can fit 
a lot of stuff in there. So <laughs> yeah. Whereas I have like a smaller SUV, but it my seats even are that. never up. Like <laughs> um, I don't even they're always down because I'm always picking up stuff. So they've never I think the seats are permanently probably have no one's probably even sat seats. in the I back. I don't know if anybody has been in the back seat. I think my brother joked about it one time. He was at our place. It was before Thanksgiving, and he, like, laughed. And I said, I might as well have, like, a big minivan because without seats in the back because this little SUV, it's never, you know, we don't use the back seat on it. No, nope. strictly but, for furniture. But as far as, yeah, what my favorite vehicle, I don't know. I really do love, in the summers here, people bring out their old vehicles, and so it's really cool to see so many um yeah like a vintage vintage vehicles because our roads are can be really really bad so it's Mm -hmm. you have to be careful where you're even driving those kind of things like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of potholes and gravel roads and stuff so so you guys are pretty consistent then vintage sisters i mean that that goes from furniture to to vehicles Mm -hmm. yeah like i'm not really uh i do like a truck for hauling good size stuff for sure Mm -hmm. um but yeah, okay. I'm really... What about your favorite meal? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm, I got some excitement there, didn't I? <laughs> my favorite meal. I always tell my kids my favorite <laughs> meal is poutine. <laughs> and I always say wheaties and beans. Because... Whenever my kids ask me, I'm like, my favorite thing to eat is either popcorn or poutine or anything with cheese. I love cheese. But poutine, so do you know what not, poutine is, Lane? No, I was just going to ask you, what okay. is poutine? Okay, so it's a Canadian thing. It's actually a Quebec thing, right? Yes. Um, so basically, it's your French fries, uh-huh. and then you put big chunks of cheese curds on it, and then you smother that with gravy. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... That's definitely not on the nutritional list, is it? <laughs> no, nothing good is. <laughs> and it's funny because we're both pretty good cooks, but both of our answers are pretty right. Lame. Like, but like, yeah, weenies and beans. I always tell Ryan that it's, I it's like gourmet weenies and beans. So I'll fr- saute, I'll saute the wieners, the hot dogs with the saute with the, the I saute them in a, a garlic oil. Like lots of garlic. And you're really salt. trying hard to fancy them up, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> and then and then I put some maple beans in it, and then sometimes even a little bit of red wine if there's some red wine kicking around the house. Not usually some, not usually like mm-hmm. extra, but yeah. Um, and then you have to have that with garlic toast. Yeah. So that's a really like lame-o, um answer, but it's one of those funny things that all <laughs> you like if if it was uh, yeah, I can fancy it up. Yeah. And then I popcorn. Popcorn is my f- absolute favorite. Like but it has to be like old school. It has to be cooked on the stove. So, you know guys, remember the question was your favorite meal, not your favorite snack. Oh, <laughs> poutine could be a meal. Yeah. Okay. Poutine's popcorn, a meal. Popcorn poutine. Popcorn poutine and <laughs> you guys crack me up. <laughs> baked beans. Poutine oh. is definitely a meal. Poutine's a full meal for sure. Yeah. If, and you know what you can do like you can just go crazy with, um, actually, my husband and I went to this new brewery on Friday, and I had a pierogi poutine. So what it was was homemade pierogies on the bottom with sautéed onions, and then your cheese curds, and your gravy on top, and then some bacon. And, and so what then the a heck lot is of- pierogies? What? <laughs> what in the heck is a pierogi? I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too far south here. Maybe. 
Oh, you know what? I bet you I could find a picture of this pierogi poutine on on Instagram. I'll send it to you. It's pierogi. It's like like a dough. So basically, you would take you can the fillings are are a wide range, but basically, your basic pierogi filling would be almost like a mashed potato with cheddar cheese. Yes. And some spices, and then you wrap it into a dough that almost, I guess, looks kind of like a dumpling. Yeah. And then you would boil it slightly to get your dough just a little bit cooked. Mm -hmm. And then you can have all sorts of filling, like pierogies come in all sorts of different... um, yeah. So is this, like is this a common food uh, in Canada? Well, it's oh yeah, well, it's, it's more like say I would say there's lots Ukrainian, Russian, yeah, German. yeah. Those are all backgrounds that would have made pierogies. Um, mm-hmm. We have a strong German heritage, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, we learned how to make pierogies when we were kids. Yeah. So oh. I'm gonna send you a picture. Yeah, I will write this do down. <laughs> send a picture of pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. All right, so one last question as far as this game goes. Okay. What is your favorite zebra paintbrush? Mine is hands down the square. I, I, every piece of furniture I paint, square is my number one. I always talk about it in my stories. I always rave about it. And it's been a popular one for us to sell too, just because mm-hmm. we promote it so much that yeah. everyone knows that we like it. I love... I love it for everything. And I think because of antique furniture, you have so many details to go around, but also so many pieces that are antique have that shaker style side mm-hmm. and door, and it just gets into everything. Mm. But also too, if you want to do even like a little bit of cutting in around the inside of your drawers or anything, it's just my absolute favorite without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I agree. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the best brush hands down. And it was like, Oh, so both, so both of you, both yeah. of you choose this. Genius! Yeah, I can't but, imagine life without it. Yeah. I can't believe I painted all those <laughs> years without it. <laughs> right? Like I, yeah. Just, and I know we mentioned our second favorite, or like mm-hmm. it's not quite a tie, but it's just our fail-safe one for the top coat is the chiseled one. Yes, because yeah. of it. Just I show people. I love showing how we use the brush, like just painting across mm-hmm. the table, just with nothing on it, just to show them how like precise it can be so that one is a definite we have a each of us have our own poly brush that doesn't get any paint yeah no it's a designated poly but we we also use it for paint but just not that's you know you have a separate Mm -hmm. one for painting but yeah yeah it's funny uh if i'm gonna grab a brush quickly and i've got something to do it a lot of times i grab the square Mm -hmm. Um, it's just one of those it's such a versatile brush Yes. Um, so that's that's neat to hear you guys say that. And you know what? You guys were uh, on target there with each other. So um, we got mm-hmm. some consistency on that. That was fun. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm sure our <laughs> listeners did as well. <laughs> Tell you what, let's take a few minutes and discuss your favorite pieces. Listeners, these oh, are yes. highlighted on the July feature of Jen and Amanda on our enjoyzebra.com blog. Just click on blog in the upper right-hand corner, then click on featured artist, and you'll see that feature um, since alphabetically speaking, Amanda begins with an A, we'll start okay. with Amanda's favorite pieces. I thought about going with Jen, but, uh, we'll keep it consistent <laughs> with Con- <laughs> with the alphabet here. Amanda, let's start with your piece that was also the 2020 Golden Brush Awards winner for Best of Staging. Mm-hmm. We already discussed this piece on a previous podcast, so we'll keep it somewhat brief, but Absolutely. if you would describe it to our listeners and tell us why it's one of your favorites. 
Okay, so it is an Empire Style desk, which Empire Style is mine and Jen's favorite um, style of furniture. And it's really hard to find in our area. So when we do find a piece, it's a big deal. So that is, first of all, why I loved it. I love the history behind it. It came from the States and it just was a perfect style. It's just something that I love and I know would work in my house so well. So I, talking about grays, I am very particular with my grays. So it took me a little bit of work to try and find a color that I really liked for this desk. And then the hardware on it is your apothecary style hardware. So mm -hmm. I just felt like it all, it came together so nicely and it's got a solid wood top on it that we had to oh, remove all the veneer. That was um, a big job. So it's a lot of work, but it just, I think it describes my style perfectly and it fits mm. in my house perfectly, right? Mm. Like if there was a piece to that was perfect for me, this was it. So I just couldn't bring myself to sell it. I, I can't even remember if I did put it for sale I or not, or if I just said right off the bat, no, I'm not even going to bother. It's going to go straight into my dining room. So it's not even being used as a desk. It's being used as a little mini sideboard in my dining room, and it's, it's perfect. Mm. So that is why I liked it so much, because it's my favorite style. Did you have to pay Jen anything for a portion of this? This one... No, you bought that. No, one I might have bought this one by myself because I. Oh yes, I paid a lot for it. That's how it was. It we. I think when we <laughs> went to get it, or when I found it, she had it listed for very, very high. Obviously, you know it was an estate dispersal. They had some antique dealer come in and give them a price of what he said everything was worth. Well. It sat obviously on Virage Marketplace for like, I think it was months. Yeah. And so I just messaged her to say, this is all I can pay for this piece. I refinish furniture. I want to keep it for myself. Um, I know how much work I need to put into this piece. And so then a few days later, she did, she accepted my offer. So I still paid more than I would normally for a piece. Um, to resell it, yeah. To resell it because I knew that I was probably going to keep it for myself. So if mm. it's something in our own home, then maybe we will pay a little bit more, right? Because we know it's something obviously we really yeah. like and really want. Love that piece. And it's in my house and I can't see myself selling it anytime soon. <laughs> mm -mm. And then basically my second one is a Martha Washington sewing cabinet. I didn't even know these existed until last summer when I saw Kristen from Chateau Interiors paint one and she painted it in one of her, I don't can't remember, I can't even remember, seafoam green or something. It was so pretty. It was just so cute. And I just thought, I have never even heard or seen of these cabinets. So of course I get on Pinterest and I'm looking and, and there's a few on there. And I just thought, this is so cool. And so then literally the next month at an estate sale, we saw it listed on the pictures um, previewing for the estate sale and I was like you gotta be kidding me so I went super early that day to get in line I think I was third in line so that I could get in and grab this cabinet and so I did and there was actually another lady like a few people behind me that was there for the same cabinet so then as soon as she saw me pick it up you just saw the disappointment in her face <laughs> that I'd snatched it before her I did feel a little bit guilty but um, anyways, so I thought it was so cool 
and it took me a lot of work, same thing, to strip the top and the legs. The legs had a lot of detail on it, and then I gave it a liming wax on the top and the legs, and it turned out so well, and then it's a really, really light gray, creamy mm. gray, that I painted it. So it turned out beautifully and new hardware, and I thought, I do love this. I'm going to put it for sale, and if it doesn't sell, like I'll put it for a high price. If it doesn't sell, then I'll keep it. Well, I think I had three people that wanted it. So then I decided, nope, I can't let go of it. I worked so hard on it. I love the story behind it. And so I kept it. Just keeping everything. But you know what? <laughs> I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as Jen. No. I think like I don't actually have very many pieces in my house because I'd rather sell it and make a profit. It makes sense. I mean, but, I asked you for your favorites. And so yes. these are your favorites and you kept them. So that's yes. obviously logical. And you, yes. I just want to note because uh, if I'm not mistaken, you did a Martha Washington piece not too long ago. Yes. That was a coral color. I believe. Yes. Yes. And that one has not sold. I, and I knew painting that color would be riskier, riskier, right? but it's so, it was such a gorgeous color and I just couldn't help myself. So yeah, that this that one has been harder to sell. I still have it, but I just think it's one of those pieces the right person will come along eventually. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to lower it and and give it away um for nothing. It's no. worth, you know, it is worth something and it's gorgeous. And yeah. and the original Martha Washington cabinet that I did do we replicated it for a client who said, "I want I think we found a second one a little while after and then we had someone say, I want that one, and I want you to replicate it exactly yeah. from mm -hmm. the original that you kept. So they are popular. They're very popular yeah. cabinets. Well, the coral one is very, very unique, very beautiful, but I would imagine it's like you just said, somebody who mm -hmm. has the right decor is going to mm -hmm. you know, snatch it up. So uh, yes. yeah, I would definitely hold that one until it sells um, you know, at the price because it's worth it. And I'm not repainting it. I know a lot of... Furniture painters, after something sits for a while, then they'll repaint it. Mm -hmm. um, I refuse to do it on this one because it is so pretty. It, it yeah. really is a, it's a beautiful color and it just, it will be appreciated one day. It just might take a little bit longer. Okay, Jen, only one favorite piece. Does that mean you are more decisive than Amanda? No. Um, <laughs> I guess I feel like it was really hard to decide what's your favorite, so I was trying to decide what made me feel like the best after completing it. Like, you know when you have one that's so hard, like this had veneer, it was, I would call it a French dresser just because of all the detail on it and the caning on the mirror. So first off, I was thinking, you know, the mirror's going to come off, The person, nobody's going to want the mirror on it. Um, so then I can kind of maybe transform that into something to keep in my own house. But when it was, it, somebody saw it in our customized section and then she decided she did want it after I had started dripping the caning on it. So then I was kind of disappointed <laughs> because then I was going to have to actually, you know, part with that mirror. And <laughs> so anyway, Another example of yeah. Jen's <laughs> Yeah, I do like to keep the mirrors and back plates off stuff, so... Anyways, it was like the sides, the veneer was lifting on it, the front drawers were all lifting on it, and the top. And so it was one of those things where I could easily, you know, fill all of those areas, sand it down, paint it, 
And a lot of times people don't understand that, like, when they look at something, a before picture of something that looks white, and then maybe your end picture is white, but all of the different layers of paint to take off of that first before we could get it down and redo it mm -hmm. um, was a lot. And it just was one of those ones where it was just basically, yeah, had to be taken right down. So much everything. work. There was so much work. And then, you know, really cleaning out in the beading, all that caked out just layers of paint and then some of the beading was damaged so mm. one thing that Amanda and I have the advantage of is from our dental background is we have a lot of the tools for doing fine work and carving with and mm -hmm. we're really good at that attention to detail part so um, carving those little beads out of plaster and replicating it in some of the areas that needed to be fixed mm. so that was one thing that was kind of fun doing and um and then the top, just like transforming, peeling back all of that veneer and paint off. And then the white kind of stuck into some of the grain. So it just looked like such a very different wood look on the top of it. If you mm -hmm. get to see the top. Like a picture, light, it, was, it was like a light liming. Almost oh. like liming, yep. Oh. And, uh, but the color of the wood itself is just very marbled in it. It was mm -hmm. just very different looking. And, mm -hmm. the, and the client who got it was just so thrilled. And it's in her nursery and she sent us pictures not too long ago it was really cute of the little girl she's now like standing and she just loves playing with the knobs on it <laughs> and, um, it's just fun doing a piece that like I know that this person too really appreciated the work that went into that one too and it wasn't just another piece of furniture that, mm -hmm. that they're going to get rid of in a year it's something yeah. that I think that is cherished and that her family is going to keep for a long long time and yeah, I think it was just really that before and after for me that was, that's why I really, really loved that one. Well, all three of these are really beautiful. I can see why that you guys would choose them as your favorites. How long have you guys been refinishing? Mm, I mean, ever since we were kids, to be honest, right? We've always um, done these types of pro projects. And, um, you know, in our questions, we talk about, Growing up with our, our dad was a, a, had a carpentry business. So the odd time he would get hired to tear down old buildings. Lots of times it was old churches. Mm -hmm. And so then we'd go in and, and try to grab whatever we could that was still left. And I remember lots of little wooden folding chairs and little tables. And then we would just use whatever leftover paint dad had and, and, um, paint them for our rooms. And then I remember as a teenager starting to strip um, one of the buffets in our house. And then I got about halfway done and then it sat for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> then, and then as an adult with my own home, I took it and finished it. So then so we've been doing it for a long time. I think going back, I think when we went official on social media, I went and back and looked and it was November, 2016. When we okay. went official on social media, mm -hmm. but we had been doing it for years before that. Yeah. It just like... started as just for ourselves, right? And yeah. then so many people would compliment us and, and say, you really should sell your pieces. And mm -hmm. and it was quite terrifying at the beginning, right? Like, really? Yeah. You think we should sell this stuff? And <laughs> and then when we started selling it and, and things were selling so quickly, we realized, oh, okay, people... People do like it. Mm, yep, this is a business. Mm -hmm. 
Make sure you tune in next week as we finish our conversation with the Vengeance Sisters as they share their passion for repurposing. You'll get some ideas as well as hear how it has become an important part of their business. Support for Zebra's Before and After comes from Zebra, the brush company that produces application-specific paintbrushes that will literally change your paint life. Whether you are painting a room, creating a craft, or refinishing a furniture piece, Zebra has you covered. Each one of our thoughtfully designed brushes has a specific purpose in mind, and each one is packed with unique and proprietary filaments that are smaller in diameter, allowing us to give you 25% more filament pack out than your standard brush. That translates to smooth finishes and fun brushing. Zebra brushes give you the opportunity to fill your work and guide it to your desired destination. Enjoy and paint on. Today's refinishing tip comes from Caroline with Living on Saltwater. This is Caroline with Living on Saltwater. My furniture refinishing tip today is for anyone painting with a dark color, like a navy, a black, a dark emerald green, or any rich dark color. Recently, I have been using a black primer that's water-based stain blocking for all of my dark colored pieces. This has really helped save time and materials as I'm you know, putting that um, top color paint on. You can also go to your paint counter wherever you purchase your primer and ask them to tint your normal primer for free. I will say that sometimes um, other primers that um, have a white base can only be tinted slightly to a light gray um, versus a, a black color. So tinting your primer will help you for dark colors, but I've really found that using a new black primer has saved me a lot of time and additional um, coats of paint when it comes to putting on my top color. Really great tip for using darker colors. Certainly sounds like it will save a lot of time in the long run. Thanks, Caroline. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi there, my name is Gina and I'm with Bayberry Moon. This week I am working on a Regency style credenza. For this piece I mixed up my very own dusty pink and I mixed it with BB Frosh paint transformer. This piece has a really cool fluted detail to it so I decided to highlight it by sanding the whole thing down and giving it sort of a raw wood finish. Um, it also has the most amazing brass hardware. I just finished cleaning it up and guys, it is stunning. So I think these you know, three elements together are gonna make this piece really special and cool to look at. So I'm excited to get it all put back together. Um, I just gotta get the finish on it and then I should have it staged later this week if you wanna check out my page and see it. Hi, my name is Nadelle and I'm from Noodling Around. I have been painting, refreshing, and saving furniture for about a year now. I really enjoy it and I'm so glad I found this hobby. I love learning from every single piece that I work on and I really enjoy all the inspiration that I receive from all the amazing refinishers out there. The piece that I'm currently working on is a dining room table. It's not my first dining room table, 
probably won't be my last, but it is my very first custom one. There has been some challenges, which I really do enjoy. Um, one major challenge being that I'm painting it white. The base will be white and I tend to use a lot of blues, greens, sometimes I use black, but I do stray away from white because I am honestly terrified of the coverage. But to grow, you need to do things that you are scared of. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how this table looks at the end and I'm so happy with the progress so far. Hi everyone, it's Kelsey from Renewed Rose Designs. This week I'm working on two mid-century modern dressers. The first one is a six drawer dresser that I found on the side of the road. It definitely needed some repairs, some veneer work, some stabilization, but I'm almost finished and I'm really excited to share it with you. The second dresser is a taller dresser, but it's got some really fantastic handles that I can't wait to shine up and see how it looks. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. In an effort to show appreciation to our retailers, we are eager to continue featuring a Retailer of the Month segment on our podcast. Our VP of Sales, Bree Hansen, will take over shortly as she interviews July's Retailer of the Month mud paint. Enjoy. Okay, we are so excited to introduce our July Retailer of the Month, Cara Vanderlees from Mud Paint. We chose Cara as July's feature because she has placed the most number of orders with us since the beginning of the year. And each month we are featuring a different retailer and we're picking them at random. We will choose a different theme each month. So not to worry if you're a big retailer, a small retailer, everyone has a fair shot to be featured. So without further ado, hi, Cara. Thanks so much for agreeing to be on the podcast with us and for allowing us to feature you as the July Retailer of the Month. Hi there. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. First things first, how you got started with mud paint and how long you've been in business? Uh, mud paint has been in business since 2014, and it's just slowly and steadily um, grown since then. And it was created um, by an artist and furniture painter who was just looking for a paint that had a little bit more um, durability, a little better adhesion, a little thicker, um, and with a matte finish. So it's just a clay-based paint for those of your listeners who might not know or heard of my paint before. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. How cool. I love to hear when someone turns a passion into a business, and it sounds like you really paid attention to all those unique properties that are in paint to produce um, the highest quality paint that you could. Yeah. How did you start making the paint? Did you have a previous experience that helped you kind of create this? To be uh, transparent, I did not create it, but it was um, an artist slash furniture painter who who created it. And so he um, played around with a bunch of different formulas and adding in some different things. Um, he was a potter. And so he even threw in some clay and just really kind of organically um, started and then began to work with um, a local paint manufacturer to really hone in on the um, formula. Oh, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. love that. Does he still work with you? No, he does not. Okay. Yeah, he's moved on. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that's good. It's good. At least you got the good formula for Right. <laughs> okay, so tell us, how did you find zebra brushes and how long have you been selling them? 
We have been selling them for up two to three years or so. We were looking for really quality synthetic brush, um, something that worked well with our paint. Like I said, it is a little bit thicker. Um, so we, we tested out, you know, a number of different products and uh, landed on Zebra just because we were super satisfied with the way um, the paint rolls or flows off of the brush and also the different um, styles and offerings that you guys provide. So we, we love our zebra brushes and our customers love the zebra brush. Like they just can't get enough of them. Oh, well, thank you. We'd love to hear that. Mm -hmm. What is your best selling brush? It has to be for sure the Palm Pro um, version. And both of them are good sellers for us, but the Palm Pro cut-in is number one. They just, I think the size of it works with a lot of people's hands, and then the angle of the brushes just fits. It, it's just super popular. We can't keep them in stock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We all love the Palm Pro. Yeah. It's such a great little brush. It is. What other products do you sell other than brushes and your paint? Um, well, so we have 32 colors of paint um, with some season oh. seasonal colors um, coming. We're just getting ready to release a couple more seasonal colors we're super excited about. That's fun. Um, in addition to that, we have a great like top coat, clear coat, some um, waxes, different finishing waxes. We've just started carrying some sanding papers. Um, we love those. Those are going really well. And then we have some fun um, mud paint merch, so hats and tumblers and mugs and um, we're all about fun and those things are just kind of an extra little little fun purchase for people oh uh, yes <laughs> love some good merch yeah <laughs> um, I also saw that you guys are starting a new monthly subscription box which I think that that is just a genius idea tell us more about that <laughs> yeah we are pumped about it it is the boxes actually just the first month's box is July, and we just shipped them out yesterday. So we're coming off getting all those out the door. And what it is, it's a bi-monthly subscription. So I know we've signed up for our own different subscription boxes that come every month, and then they just kind of build up. And so we wanted a realistic approach for an every other month subscription. And it's DIY projects or new painting techniques. And so what the customer gets is all supplies included in the box. And then we've teamed up with some really great furniture painters and there are box curator teams. So when it's their month, they get to curate the box. They get to choose the ideas, choose the project. And then our um, subscribers, they get a special code so they can go to our website, pop on in their little special members only area and watch the videos to learn how to do the project and I mean, it's just so fun and I cannot wait. I'm going to do the, the project for July really soon because it's so cool. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so can you go right on your website and buy these yeah. or subscribe to them? Yeah, okay. you just go to our website and find, click on the mud paint box. That's what it's called, the mud paint box. And you just sign up as a subscriber and member and then... They just roll out every other month. So it's like July, oh. September, November, and they just keep going. 
That's awesome. Everyone should go check those out. <laughs> yes, please do. Super fun. <laughs> I know I, I'm a big crafter and I, you know, it's fun to get like a little project in the mail. And I think it's good yeah. that it's bi-monthly because sometimes monthly is overwhelming and you don't yeah. have time to get to it, but yeah. it's good to have, you know, that rainy day project that it, you yeah. didn't know you wanted to do. So I know great. it's really fun and you can do it with your kids or you can do like a craft night or also for our wholesalers, you know, they can host these little nights in their store and have it be like a spurring off of a, a creative idea to, to get the ball rolling for their customers as well. So it's, it's fun. So we're oh, excited I about love it. That. That <laughs> is awesome. Well, you'll have to keep us posted how those go. We can't wait to hear. Yes, we will. We would love that. Um, so tell us some advice you would give to someone who wants to start a small business, but maybe doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Well, it can be very overwhelming, right? You know, you just, or discouraging all of those things. So what I would say was don't get discouraged. If you have a hiccup or if things don't go as you thought they might just, um, keep, keep going and don't take the little quick, easy shortcuts, right? It's just slow and steady wins the race and, um, stay in your lane. That's what I think. Oh, all good advice. Mm -hmm. Great advice. And what tips do you have about merchandising online? Obviously, it's it's hard when you don't have a, a shop to re-merchandise. How do you keep things fresh and new mm -hmm. and keep your customers coming back online? Yeah, that's a great question because for online businesses, as we know, you know, the products are harder to get a... Um, to showcase well. So really great photos because your customers don't have the um, luxury of picking up the product or seeing it in person. So we are constantly trying to get better pictures so people can, can see that what it is. And then also aiming for um, reviews from customers. So as a shopper, you can go on and you can read like, okay, great. Somebody else bought this for one. I'm not the only one to buy it. And then did they have a good experience or did they not like it or things that um, help the customer make good purchasing decisions. So it's just constantly working on it. And I think also you're never done, right? Like, okay, great. We have this and we think this um, picture is great or we think this description is good, but it can always be a little bit better or you read it with fresh eyes and you're like, well, that wasn't very good. And so don't be afraid to get in there and make some changes, I think is a helpful, helpful tip for us all. Good for me to remember. Yeah, it's so true. And mm -hmm. it's so true about constantly refreshing things I yeah. on our own website. It's like, oh, we have a great photo up there <laughs> or this is, looks great, but it's always important to change it out and we mm -hmm. organize things. So mm -hmm. constant work in progress. I know Definitely it is. Feel that. It is. Okay. Well, I like to end with a fun question. Okay. If you weren't a small business owner, what would you be doing instead? Oh, well, you know what? It's as cliche as it might sound, probably working to be a small business owner. I, that's a strong genetic trait. I think I grew up with my, my dad owned a business and that's just always what I've wanted to do. Um, so from having a little Etsy stores or, um, working for like emptying people's garbage cans when I was little, it's just mm -hmm. something I've just always wanted to be a small business owner. So if I wasn't currently doing it, I would be actively working to make that happen. 
Ah, that is awesome. A true <laughs> entrepreneur. Right. Love it. Well, thanks so much, Kara. It was a pleasure to learn more about mud pain. And thanks so much for being on the podcast with me. If you are interested in learning more about Kara and mud paint and the mud paint story, please find her on Facebook or Instagram. Her handle is mud paint. Thanks so much, Bree. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Kara. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. July is here and so are the Summer Olympics. We decided that we would play off of the theme of going for the gold for our July Zebra Review Contest. So here's the deal. Incorporate gold or variations of gold and yellow in your pieces. You can use other colors as well, but you must include yellows and or golds. You can enter pieces that were created as early as January 1st, 2021 through July 31st, 2021. Simply tag your pieces with the Zebra Review to be entered. The Olympics are always exciting and so are furniture refinishing contests. We can't wait to see your glimmering pieces. Go for the gold. Calling all new refinishers, we have the perfect opportunity for you. Our new podcast segment, The Furniture Council, is a great opportunity to get professional feedback and guidance from four well-known and successful refinishers. You'll submit a few of your pieces to the council and our judges will review and critique your work, lovingly, I might add, encouraging you on all the things you're doing right and making a few suggestions on how you could excel still more. Plus, it will be an opportunity to get your name out in front of the refinishing community by your podcast appearance. It's simple and fun. Send me an email at lane at enjoyzebra.com and we'll start the process. Summer is here in full swing, and so is the Zebra Collective. Summer brings beach days and lush foliage. There are so many ways to capture summer loving through furniture design, like vibrant tones, oceanic and coastal themes, bright colors, breezy, magical, starry, and tropical tones. Pretty endless, right? Well, simply tag your pieces with our hashtag, Zebra Collective. We have great sponsors this quarter, Milk Milk Paint by Fusion, RZ Mask, Melange Paints, 1379 Designs, and Zebra Painting. Enjoy summer and enter. It is summer, and that means summer vacations. After a long and hard pandemic for us all, we hope you can get away with your families and enjoy some relaxation. We thought it would be fun to highlight several exciting summer travel destinations with a few of our uniquely designed paintbrushes. We'll be featuring our brushes and pairing them up with travel destinations around the world. If you haven't signed up for our online newsletter, make sure you do that today so you can join in on the fun. Just go to enjoyzebra.com, scroll to the bottom, and enter your email address. We'll be sending out emails and sharing on our social media venues. We all don't have the luxury of traveling to many of these places, but we certainly can enjoy the idea. Stay tuned for our summer travel destination series. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at the zebrablog.com. That's zebra with an i blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing. Thank you.